0: It surely is true of us. It's the Lord's day and we are in spirit. The subject of message four is to me indescribably precious and endearing. The kingdom of God as the kingdom of the Son of God's love. This message under the Spirit's direction will show us the realm that we're in right now. And we need to drop unnecessary concepts about what it is to be in the realm of the kingdom we're not here walking in fear because there is powerful authority ready to deal with us. Of course, there's authority. We'll see that. But it's the realm of the Son of God's love. And this morning, I'd like to break the pattern a little bit of beginning a message. And I'd like to read the scripture verses to you. Uh, I'll need a few seconds to go from book to book, starting with Colossians 1, but not only verse 13, but also verse 12, because this is the foundational verse for this message. Giving thanks. To the Father, who has qualified you for a share of the allotted portion of the saints in the light, who delivered us out of the authority of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of the Son of his love. We give thanks to our Father for qualifying us through Christ's redemption and resurrection to have a share of the all-inclusive Christ. And our God, our Father, through his Son, delivered us out of the authority of darkness and transferred us. Into the kingdom of the Son of His love. Then we have First Peter, Chapter two, verse nine. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood. A holy nation, a people acquired for a possession, so that you may tell out the virtues of Him who has called you out of darkness into His marvelous light. Our God has called us out of darkness into his marvelous light then we turn to first john and surely this elderly apostle john well into his 90s when he wrote his gospel and the epistles and wrote on the scroll the revelation And here in these verses, we will see a brother representing all of us fully living in light and love. Chapter 1, verse 3, that which we have seen and heard, we report also to you that you also may have fellowship with us. And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. That was not on the outline, but it's necessary to lead us into verse 5. And this is the message which we have heard from him and announced to you that God is light. And in him is no darkness at all. Then we go on to chapter five, returning from the light to emphasize the love, uh, life, sorry, from light to life. And these verses are very enlightening. 11 and 12, and this is the testimony that God gave to us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. He who has the Son has the life, and he who does not have the Son of God does not have The life. God has given us eternal life. But this does not mean. That the life that is in him. He just gives as an attribute to us. The eternal life. Is in the son. And God has given us. Eternal life by giving us his son in whom the eternal life is and the son testified i am the resurrection and the life and then we go back to verse of uh, chapter 4 verses 8 and 16 Verse eight He who does not know love has not known God because God is love. God is light. God is love. And verse sixteen. And we know and have believed the love which God has to us. God is love. And he who abides in love abides in God. And God abides in him. God is light. God is love. And here we are this morning in the sun, abiding in God. This is the real substance and characteristic of the kingdom as a realm of life. Now we come to the outline. Uh, It's short, but there is much to say and even more verses to present point by point. Point one, the father has delivered us out of the authority of darkness. We read that verse. This is in the father's heart. For all the ones he chose in Christ before the foundation of the world to be holy. All the ones whom he predestinated unto sonship. This was the Father's will from eternity past. And in the fullness of time, he came in his son to accomplish this marvelous work of delivering us out of the authority of darkness. And I'd like to read verses from four New Testament books to show us the, uh, the sequence of how the Father does this. And so I begin with Luke chapter 1, verses 76. To 79. And this is the one speaking to the little baby Jesus. And you also, little child, shall be called the prophet of the Most High. Oh, this is for John, sorry, John the Baptist. For you will go before the Lord to prepare his way. To give knowledge of salvation to the people by the forgiveness of sins. Now we come to the point. Because of the merciful compassions of our God, in which the rising sun will visit us from on high. The rising sun. Here it just, uh, I'm impressed spontaneously, that when the Lord came by incarnation, he came as the rising sun. And we know from Malachi chapter 4, verse 2, when the Lord comes again to the earth, he will come as the sun of righteousness. How blessed we are to have him as the dawn, as the sun shining inwardly. So I want to start verse 78 again. Because of the merciful compassions of our God, in which the rising sun will visit us from on high to shine upon those sitting in darkness and in the shadow. Of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. Can we not all say amen to these verses from our experience? The time came when the sun shined on us. Prior to that, we were sitting in darkness. Right now, on this Lord's Day, the unbelievers, the worldly people, as a result of what they were doing last night, are all sitting in darkness. And in the shadow of death, we were all there. But he guided us into peace. So this is, we could say, the prophecy. But in John chapter 1, we see the initial fulfillment. And we are familiar with this verse. But there might be a point here that hasn't captured your attention yet. If it has, that's wonderful. And you'll have a kind of... Fresh reconsideration of it. So verse five. Verses four and five. In him was life. And the life. Was the light. Of men. And the light shines. In the darkness. And the darkness. Did not. Overcome it. Satanic. Darkness will never overcome divine light. And then in verses 8 and 9, we read this. This is John the Baptist speaking verse 8. He was not the light, but came that he might testify concerning the light. This was the true light, which coming into the world, enlightens every man. Do you see this? The word that became flesh. He is the true light coming into the world. Came into this world of darkness and death as true light. And let's keep these words, true light in our mind, then we go on, he was in the world, and the world came into being through him, yet the world did not know him, he came to his own, yet those who were his own did not receive him, who is the him, it's the true light, The word made flesh. In him is life. The light is the light of men. He came into this world as the true life to enlighten everyone. But the vast majority rejected utterly. He came to his people, the people, the Israelites, the Jews. They did not receive him. But as many as received him, the true light. To them he gave the authority to become children of God. To those who believe in his name, who were begotten not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Have you ever considered that the essential factor in these verses Of our regeneration. Was our receiving. The true light. Which is the light of life. And this goes together beautifully with the verses from Luke. God sent his son S-O-N. To be the sun dawning. To shine light. Into those. In darkness and in the shadow of death. And in. John chapter 12. I'll just refer to it. The Lord again referred to the light. He said believe into the light. That you may become sons of light. Now we go. To. To. Uh, Matthew 16, and I'll just refer to Matthew 16 to save a little time. That's a quotation from the Old Testament prophecies. That when the Lord began his ministry, this is what he's doing. He went to visit the people sitting in darkness. And in the shadow of death. He knew there is no way we can rescue ourselves from darkness and death. He who is light in life came to where we are. How we thank him and love him afresh. That he came to us. And. But mainly what the Lord was announcing was the gospel of the kingdom of God. And now the next and final reading in this portion is from Acts. And we will see this is the foundation for the verses we read from Colossians. So I'm turning now to Acts chapter 13. Verse 47. I'm still in John here. Acts 13. Okay, this verse is a quotation from Isaiah. I'll comment in a moment. The verse. For so the Lord has commanded us. I have set you as a light of the Gentiles that you would be for salvation unto the uttermost part of the earth. This is a prophecy concerning Christ. He will be a light to all the Gentiles, all the nations. And why is Paul? Quoting this, Paul, in his life and ministry, is actually the Lord Jesus living again in a God man. And he, in oneness with the Lord, applies this verse to himself and his co workers. God has sent us as a light. Of the nations of the Gentiles. Now we come to a verse that is the link with Colossians and 13, uh, 13, and that is Acts 26, verse 18. This is the Lord speaking to the one who was known as Saul of Tarsus. We know as the Apostle Paul. And listen to the commission that he gave to our brother Paul. He, he is sending them to the Gentiles. In the New Testament, there are just two regions of the word. The Jews and the Gentiles. And Peter was an apostle to the Jews for the sake of the body and the one new man. And Paul, an arch Jew, utterly, absolutely given to Judaism, the Lord selected him to be an apostle the Gentiles, all the nations. Even he expected to go to Spain. He told the the church in Corinth, on my way to and from Spain, I'd like to visit you. And so this is what his commission was to the people. This is what Paul was told to do. To open their eyes, to turn them from darkness to light, and from the authority of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and an inheritance among those who have been sanctified by faith in me. And in Ephesians 3, there's a verse that says Paul was commissioned to enlighten all concerning the economy of the mystery. And so, first was to open their eyes, turn them from darkness to light, and from the authority of Satan to God. And this is exactly what happened in Thessalonica. In Acts, some of the opposers there, they were stunned. They were astounded and shocked that Paul and his co-workers were coming. And they said, the men who turned the world upside down have come here. I prefer to say they turned the world right side up. Then Paul told them, you know what kind of entrance we had toward you and how we preached the word of God to you and you turned from idols to serve the living and true God. This is entering into an ultra pagan sinful city. Actually, that's all there was in the Empire, the Roman Empire. And here comes the godmen, in a sense, another species. Those that are living in the kingdom of life, in the divine species, they're not ordinary persons. They're redeemed, regenerated, transformed godmen. And the impact of their person, testimony, and work was to turn a number of people, not everyone, from idols to serve the living and true God. Then based upon these verses, Paul's own experience. How was he saved? He saw a light. Brighter than the sun. He was saved by light. Which is God in Christ shining. The light of the glorified Jesus. The head of the whole universe. The Lord of heaven and earth. This appeared to him. As a light brighter than the sun. And then spoke to him. Why do you persecute me? Why do you resist the goads? He struck down and blinded. And says, who are you, Lord? I am Jesus. Jesus appeared to him as the sun. Brighter than the sun. Oh, I look forward by the Lord's mercy to be with you all and many others as part of that bridal army that comes with our dear warrior husband, the Lord Jesus, and see him destroy the enemy with the breath of his mouth, with the light of his countenance. And then to appear to the whole human race as the son of righteousness. So based upon his own experience and the revelation he received. His life in the church in Antioch. Where he learned to be blended and serve in a coordination and be built up in the body. And in his ministry, he could tell us that the Father has delivered us out of the authority of darkness. Maybe a brother or sister will be anointed by the Spirit to write a new hymn on thanking the Father for qualifying us. To inherit a portion of the all-inclusive Christ. And thanking him for delivering us. Out of the authority of darkness. And transferring us. Into the kingdom of the son of his love. There's just fresh love. And thankfulness and appreciation. For the father right now. I'm just reminded of John's word. Our fellowship. Is with the father. And with his son, Jesus Christ. It is like to pause. Thank you, Father. For delivering me. For delivering all of us. Out of the authority of darkness. Brothers and sisters, it's not just the darkness we were out of. The authority of darkness. What is the authority of darkness? It's satanic authority. Wherever there is darkness, Satan rules. Wherever there is light, God rules. That is why the Apostle John, for the sake of the body, Went through many, many things before his ministry was manifested. Until he became actually a crystal clear brother. Just like the new Jerusalem. A man of light. So he could legitimately testify. God is light. In him is no darkness at all. And now, if we walk in the light, as He, God, is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. Then He went on to say, and the blood of Jesus is continually cleansing us from every sin. Yes. In fellowship with the Lord, there are times, actually, an ongoing matter, where we have to confess this or that under the light. And then we're forgiven and cleansed. But here in the light, the blood is constantly cleansing us from every sin, every, every I say that a third time. Every. What the Lord needs us. To be conscious of. And confess. He will let us know. And we respond. And then as the light increases in us. Satan's influence over us. Diminishes. And he will just be limited to the flesh. Which. The wise God has left until we are transfigured. But that's another line of ministry. Point A says, the authority of darkness denotes the authority of Satan. And Matthew 12, 26 speaks of Satan has his own kingdom. You just consider... I'm not talking about persons here. I just give you an assessment. It's not taking any sides when it comes to politics or anything. How many people in the highest ranks of the government of this country are really living under the authority of darkness? Then what is the enemy able to do through them? Those in the mainstream media, the atheist professors in the universities, all the loudmouth speakers in Hollywood think that their opinions about things matter. The whole country is engulfed in darkness, and here we are in the midst of it, in the kingdom of the Son of God's love, having been delivered. From the authority of darkness. And this deliverance is not only objective. It is subjective meaning. The Lord will deliver us out of any darkness. In in the self. In the natural constitution. Whatever it is. Don't try to do this. Don't look around with the spiritual flashlight to find darkness. It'll swallow you up. Focus on the Lord, on the Father. He knows how to deliver, and He will deliver our whole being, outwardly and inwardly. One and in two under A darkness is Satan as death. Oh, what? But what are these three one things? Satan, darkness, death. I'd like to insert this. I think I have the leading to mention this. Can you think of one person that you know, that you remember maybe from a long time ago or a family member, A neighbor, a friend, who right now is in darkness, is living under the authority of darkness. Is there not one person whom you long for him to be saved this year, this year? Lord, Lord, grant me this grace. To be one with you. So that you can deliver. Father can deliver this one. Out of the authority of darkness. To receive the true light. And join us in the kingdom of the son of God's love. And how we need to pray combative. Fighting prayers. For the Lord to save. The children among us. The teenagers. From the God of this age. From the darkness. The authority of darkness. But how we just worship the Lord. That in contrast to Satan as death. Light is God as life. So simple. Light is God as life. And I'm looking forward to getting to the next section. I'm almost a a little bit excited. We're in a realm where there's no darkness. No darkness. No death. Only light and life. This is it. This is the reality of the kingdom. Point B, to be delivered out of the authority of darkness is to be delivered from the devil who has the might of death. Hebrews 2.14 tells us, on the cross, the Lord destroyed the devil who had the power of death and to deliver the people who throughout their whole life, We're bound by the fear of death. Death has been defeated. By. The one who is. Light. And life. And the fear of death. Has been crushed. By the light of life. See. We have been delivered from the devil Satan. By the death of Christ. And by the life of Christ in resurrection. If you read the account of the crucifixion in Matthew. And some of the events that took place when the Lord immediately after he died. And you look at the footnotes. That the earth was shaken. And the rocks were split. And the tombs were opened. This shows the impact of Christ's death was to smash Satan's kingdom on the earth. What a Lord we have. What a price he paid to deliver us. We have been delivered from the devil by the death of Christ. The life of Christ in resurrection. D. The Father has delivered us out of Satan's authority into God's marvelous light. There we have First Peter 2.9. nine. Marvelous light. And uh, don't be troubled. Don't be introspective. Maybe right now. You can't freely use, oh, the wondrous light. The time will come. And you won't just say light. This is indescribably marvelous and wondrous. Why? Because this light is God. And this life is the son of God. Now listen to this, according to Paul. This light is Us in Christ. I referred to this not recently. Ephesians five. Paul tells the saints in Ephesus, once you were, you were darkness. Not only in darkness, you were darkness. But now you are light. In Christ. This affects our being. Not just our surroundings. Once we were darkness. I'm speaking generally. Of all the talking. Unsaved people. Just spewing. Their opinions and biases. And feelings. They're not only in darkness, they are darkness. We once were darkness. We have been delivered. Praise the Lord, we're no longer under the authority of darkness. We are the delivered ones. And our Father, we need to be clear. The Father delivered us through His Son's death and resurrection. Now, point two The Father has transferred us into the kingdom of the Son of His love. So now we are focusing on being transferred into the kingdom of the son of his love. And when we come to this, what is in my heart, because it, I believe it's in the Lord's heart, is that we all would begin to realize where we are right now, where we are. When my three... Children who now are well into middle age. Because. I just say this with a, a grin. I said bye bye to middle age. No. Bye bye. But there's a keen memory there. Thank the Lord. And when they were born, they had no idea where they were. And when they were brought home, they don't know who are these people or where they are. And it's understandable that somewhat like this, somewhat, when someone is delivered and regenerated, they may not really know where they are. And then what complicates this is A kind of teaching, if it can be called that, saying, oh, you are saved, yes. Your sins are forgiven, yes. You have eternal life, and eternal life, that means heaven. This may be shocking, but that's what many preachers are saying probably right now. To have eternal life. They follow the translation, Everlasting Life. That means your sins are forgiven, you're heaven bound. Now try to be a good person, and then follow the majority. Just enjoy yourself while you're on the earth. So, how can these dear people sitting under that preaching ever realize where they are? But the Lord has blessed us. In his abounding love and mercy and grace. To bring to us. Actually. Literally. He brought a man. And I'm just glad to say this. As a physically. Caucasian man. To say how I thank the Lord. For sending a Chinese man from that part of China to this country, bringing us the ministry of the age and the vision of the age. If he hadn't come, where would would we be this morning? Maybe I would be a retired Presbyterian minister somewhere if I was still alive, but instead, I'm here with you. And the Lord, yes, he sent the gospel to China. Through Caucasian people, mainly. From the UK. And they brought the word there. The principle of the body is mutuality. And it just grieves me. That so many, they claim to be Broad-minded and absolutely for equity, they're not, they're not willing to be perfected through the ministry of a man from China. That I just thank the Lord, worship him, praise him. I could leap for joy, that he delivered me from the theological darkness in Princeton, New Jersey, and in the denomination where I was, and do what he needed to do to me and with me to separate me from the whole system, and to bring me here, then I can begin to learn the basic truths. And now I know where I am and where you are in the kingdom of the son of God's love. And I compose the outline with the points, but it's just humanly impossible, at least for this human, to adequately explain what this is. You will have to know by direct experience. But let me try this, then we'll go through the rest of the outline And then once we finish reading the outline, I'll just share a few other points. and There will be plenty of time for your response. The voice from heaven in Matthew 3 and 17. Made it very clear to the whole universe. The father said, this is my beloved son. And my kingdom, the kingdom of God, through the son's incarnation, human living, crucifixion, resurrection, ascension, and enthronement, will become the kingdom of the son of God's love. And in this kingdom of the son of God's love, Everyone there, all the believers, will be under my love for my son. Now, please follow this. The son will be there as the firstborn son. Romans 8.29. But he will have. A large number of believers conform to the image of the firstborn son. And all these believers in Christ, male or female, will be sons of God. The son whom the father loves without restraint. Is not only in the center as he is right now, we can't see him, but he's in the center. He has been revealed in us, Galatians 1. He is living in us, Galatians 2. He is being formed in us, Galatians 4. He's making his home in our heart, Ephesians 3. And so the Lord Father loves the Son as the firstborn. And he loves all of us with the same love in the Son. It's an atmosphere of love. The Son of God's love. Just in every dimension. And if you look into the volume... In those marvelous series on the conclusion of the New Testament. You look at the volume on the kingdom. And there is a wonderful chapter on the kingdom of the son of God's love. And our experience of this will be in three stages. The first is now in the church life. This experience will be enlarged. And deepened in the millennial kingdom for the overcomers. Then for eternity. We will be living in the kingdom of the son of God's love. A says. The kingdom of the son is the authority of Christ. Of course. There has to be authority. But we will see how this authority. Is expressed and carried out. The son of God is the embodiment and expression of the divine life. Therefore, the kingdom of the son is a realm of life. So it's the kingdom of the son of God's love. And the divine life is in the son. That means the kingdom of the son is a realm of life, no death. Point one, to be transferred into the kingdom of the son of the father's love is to be transferred into the son who is life to us. This is what happened when we were regenerated. We were transferred into The son who is life. The son in resurrection is now the life-giving spirit. And he rules in his resurrection life with his love. He rules with resurrection life with his love. To be under the direct rule of God is to be under the rule of the resurrection life of Christ with his love. What what can I say? How do you describe about this? The natural thought is, oh, we're under a severe authority. You know, at least... In a democracy, I have a certain amount of freedom, but now there's no no voting, no room for different opinions. I'm now in a kingdom, and the king has all the authority in the whole universe. Whoa, I mean, I'm just afraid to take a step or say anything. I may be struck down. All these thoughts come from the enemy. Because that's how he carries out authority, by abusing people, attacking them, condemning them, wounding them, and when possible, killing them. And he tries to inject those kind of thoughts into us, to instill a fear in us of being here. So once again, we we expose him as the liar you accuse us and you slander and misrepresent God. You are darkness, God is light. You are death, God is life. We are in the kingdom as a realm of God's life. And here we're under the rule of the resurrection life of Christ with love. Here, Here I am under the throne The river of water of life is flowing. The tree of life is in the river. I'm under under light. I behold the face of God, the Father, and the Son. This is wonderful. And we get a foretaste right here and now. Point three. When we live by the Son as our life in resurrection, we are living in his kingdom. Enjoying him in the father's love. So it's by our living by the son. Not by our efforts. But by his natural life in resurrection. This is living in the kingdom. I hope this will begin to dawn on us. The subject of the conference is living in the reality of the kingdom of God. And it's understandable that our thought would be this is a realm full of life. And now I need to live in this realm. But now we're coming to the point, which is the real goal of this conference. This realm is not a sphere, a place. It's a person. It's a person. Even in Luke. When some were asking the Lord Jesus. uh, For signs and this and that. About the kingdom. And he said the kingdom of God is in your midst. Well who is in their midst? The son of God. This is quite. An unveiling of truth. Truth. To be in the kingdom is to be in the son. To be in the son of the father's love. When we are in the son, we absorb and enjoy the father's love. See, the fact that we have been transferred into the kingdom of the son of God's love indicates That this realm of life is in love, not in fear. No fear. And even you read in Revelation, toward the end, certain categories of people cannot be in the city. The fearful. There's no fear here. No fear of being exposed. No fear of... Being rejected, no fear of this or that. We have been delivered from fear. The only fear we have is a godly, reverential fear of God. But that is altogether different in nature. It shows we respect his authority and his sovereignty. It's a realm of life, that is in love. One, the kingdom in which we find ourselves is a realm full of life, light and love. I just want to read that again. I treasure this point. The kingdom in which we find ourselves today We need to find ourselves by realizing where we are, Lord, show all the dear saints where they are, where they are. We are today in a realm full, not just halves, full of life, full of light, and full of love. This is the reality of the kingdom in its essence. This is where we are. I'm reaching the point. I don't have the utterance. I don't have the words. May the Lord just send forth the spirit of reality to make these words real to us. We're just in this realm right now. When you had the table meeting, you were in this realm. How we want to live here. Full of life. Life rules here. Light rules here. Love reigns here. What? No wonder in Hebrews 11, it says the seekers look for another country. Our country is Christ. And in the Christ country, there's a throne. We're under authority. And this whole realm is full of life everywhere. And nothing related to death. No weakness, no this and that, no illness, nothing. Ultimately. And, but it's full of light Because we're in God, who is light. We're in the sun, who is the true light. And it's splendid here. Darkness has no room. It cannot penetrate this realm. Lord, I want to live here forever. And then, oh, the highest of all, a realm full of love. No wonder in John 13, the Lord told his disciples concerning love. The world needs to know that you love one another. This will be in the midst of the society in which we're living in. I just learned from a certain news source. There's more and more segregation in, in the famous universities. And Colombia is having seven different graduation meetings for different races and classes. Just the divisions, the enmity, the hatred, the violence. The lies. The distortion. I've never seen it. Like this in the country before. And here we are. In the midst of this satanic darkness. We are in the kingdom of the son of God's love. And we're still in Colossians. It's the one new man. In the sight of God. Who created and called people from every race and nation and social class. We're all here. And it's very likely that we will have an indicator. This is how God made us. But inwardly, we're all the same. We have the same person. We're in the same person. We have been reconstituted. Christ is all and in all. And we would be an anti testimony to this whole country. This is the testimony of the King of the Kingdom of the Son of God's love. There is no white, right, no this, no that. There's no such supremacy of any kind. There's no superiority. No inferiority. All of us are on the same level. There's no hierarchy. No one has advantages here. There are no biases here. This is the kingdom full of love. And first John 4:19 is being fulfilled to the uttermost. We love because he first loved us. It doesn't say saints. We love God because he first loved us. That's true, but the verse is not limited. We love because he first loved us. We love one another. We love every believer. Nothing about what they are in their natural life or race has any effect. The love is here. Furthermore, We love human beings. As God did. God so loved the world. We pray for people's salvation. Not as a duty. Because we love them. And eventually. When we are maturely constituted with the kingdom life. We will even love our enemies. What a realm this is. Two, the sun as the object of the divine love becomes to us the embodiment of the divine life in the divine love with the authority of darkness. This is the kingdom of the son of God's love. I won't even try to uh, explicate or explain this. I just encourage you. Spend some time. This is a rich and deep thought. But here we have the son is the object of the divine love. And he has become to us the embodiment of the divine life. In the divine love. With the authority of resurrection. This is the kingdom. Of the son of God's love. Authority is here. In resurrection. Life light, and love. This is the real thing. If anyone feels he is representing God's authority, and there is not the river of water of life flowing. There's not grace being supplied. There is not love, light, and life. That one is misled. Self-deception. The real authority in the kingdom is life, light, and love. Three, the father has transferred us into the realm where we are ruled in love with life. The father did this. Now we are ruled in love with life. Even if you have the sense that we're just kind of getting started in this experience because this is something new. You're a younger one, a newer one. The Lord, who is the shepherd, is calling you by name to come out of the fold to be with the flock. We never proselytize. We never try to tell other believers, oh, you need to leave where you are and meet with us. No. No. No, we do not do that. But all the sheep belong to the shepherd. When he comes to some sheep that are in the religious fold of the denomination, he knows them by name. And he has the full right to lead them out of that fold and bring him to the pasture to join all the other sheep. be one flock. And then we realize, whoa, where are we? Where are we intrinsically in the local churches? We're not only outwardly in a church on the ground of oneness. Thank the Lord for that. We are in another realm. It is through the churches that the Lord works out in practicality a life of living in the kingdom of the son of God's love. Small a here under the heavenly ruling and restriction. We have genuine freedom in love with life. And with light. See we are under. Restriction. There's not. We're not going to deny that. But in our body. There's all kinds of restriction. That's just organic. My eyes can only see. They can't hear a thing. They can't touch a thing. We're all limited, we're all restricted, but this gives us genuine freedom in love. Those who think freedom is to reject all authority to not be under any government, the anarchists, many of them were very active last year. Some politicians were concerned. Some said, man, they don't even exist. Antifa doesn't exist. It's a myth. Well, the fact is obvious. And one of them was being interviewed, a very intelligent African-American woman, one of the leaders there, I think in Seattle. And she said, our goal is to just... Remove the government that's here to abolish it. And then she was asked, and she gave a good answer. What will you do now? After that, well, we don't know. We'll decide. This is anarchy. It's rampant anarchy. And not only in outward rioting, but in the inner being of people in their thinking They despise all authority except the authority that they want to grasp for themselves. And actually, they are more bound than ever before because their entire thinking and operation is in the authority of darkness. But we can testify without reluctance I'm under a blessed rule and restriction. And even I'm restricted just by being in the body. I'm restricted in a most healthful way in my married life. It's not good for me to eat all of that. This is what's healthy. This is what's enjoyable. Thank the Lord. Blessed restrictions. Because this brings in real freedom, genuine freedom. Maybe in a gospel, in a conversation with a gospel contact or friend, we might ask, How would you like to experience genuine freedom? I I know. That your people have been abused for so long. And you really want to be free. And I want you to be free. But there is a false freedom. And a genuine freedom. And the genuine freedom is in love. With life and under light. The more there is love, life and light. Ruling us. The more we are truly free. Our whole inner being is free. From all that's been binding us. Suppressing us. Keeping us. From. Enjoying the Lord as the all-inclusive one. Hindering us from our function in the church. Now we have the genuine freedom. It's kind of like a paradox, seemingly contradictory. God's rule and restriction are the basis of our genuine freedom. This realm is full of love. Freedom. This realm is full of life. Freedom. This realm is full of light. Freedom. Our inner being is free. The enemy cannot grasp anymore. The God of peace will crush him under the feet of the church. The local church. Little B. Here in the kingdom, we enjoy Christ and have the church life. This is in Colossians again. And the central revelation in Colossians, we had a conference on this, is the all inclusive, extensive Christ. He is The reality of God, of man, and every positive thing. He is our life. And he is our life. And in the kingdom of the son of God's love, we experience and enjoy the all-inclusive Christ. And in this realm, we will learn as citizens of this heavenly kingdom to live our Christian life in the realm of life, light, and love, wherever we are. Maybe a brother or a sister is a dentist. This is their profession. The Lord led them to get this kind of training They have a practice. They excel in what they do. And they render the best of care. They're highly respected. And while you're there, yes, you are in the chair and receiving the care. But you'll have a sense, you meaning just anybody. There's something different in this dental office. I just can't put my finger on it. Well, this is a God man dentist. This is a God man kindergarten teacher. This is a God man auto mechanic. This is a God man welder. This is a God man mom. Whatever it is, it's unending. We don't go in and out. Of this realm so much anymore we live in two realms at the same time meaning in the physical realm where we must carry out our entire human life in a normal way in every aspect but at the same time we are living in the kingdom of the son of god's love many many years ago Many okay, like in the 1970s. Many Brother Lee had a, a meeting there in Los Angeles where he welcomed questions from the saints for some fellowship. And I was in my second year of teaching in a challenging high school with challenging students on various extremes from the lowest of. Cognitive ability to the most gifted. And I asked Brother Lee, how can I like be in the spirit and be one with the Lord while I'm teaching these kids? And then this is what he said, because this was in 1978, and he had been bringing forth in a message. He was giving a message, and he said, What we need in contacting the Lord is four words. Then he told us later, he didn't know what the four words were. He's speaking this. Then he said, one by one, Oh, Lord, Amen, Hallelujah. So then he told me, this young spiritual brother, you know, young, young, young brother, spiritually speaking. He said, Ron, outwardly, you are teaching. Inwardly, it is, oh, Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. That's what he said. And even though I knew very little, I'm not trying to be humble. That's just a fact. I was was in elementary school, spiritually speaking. Inwardly, the spirit is saying, what you need is the dividing of soul and spirit. That experience came later, in which with the faculties of your soul, you're fulfilling all your responsibilities, but your spirit is free to be in direct contact with the Lord. So while you are carrying out your work, you are simultaneously in the kingdom of the Son of God's love, receiving the divine dispensing and enjoying love, life, and light. And then also our church life is there. Now, the last point for just a couple of minutes. Point D. In the kingdom of the son of God's love. The will of God is carried out. And I want to read the two verses concerning the will of God in Colossians. Chapter 1, verse 9, very significant what Paul says. Therefore, we also, since the day we heard of it, that is, their love, their faith. We do not cease praying and asking on your behalf that you may be filled with the full knowledge of his will. In all spiritual wisdom and understanding. Paul had not been to Colossae. He didn't know any of them personally. He learned of their salvation through a co-worker. The moment he heard, he began to pray nonstop That they would be filled with the full knowledge of God's will. He could have prayed for so many other things, but he knew God's will is the source of every positive thing. Revelation 4.11. This is God's will. And he prayed to be with, filled with the full knowledge. Wow. Not just knowledge of God's will, the full knowledge of God's will. And filled with the full knowledge of God's will. This is what is happening to us. Gradually. Gradually. In all spiritual wisdom and understanding. So our mind is involved. It's being renewed. And we have a proper understanding of this spiritual reality. And then the other verse is in chapter 4, verse 12. And Epaphras, probably the one who brought the gospel to them, this verse is about him. Epaphras, who is one of you, a slave of Christ Jesus, greets you, always struggling on your behalf in his prayers, that you may stand mature and fully assured in all the will of God. Well, in this kingdom, as the kingdom of the son of God's love, there are saints of different spiritual ages. The more mature ones are not criticizing in any way with the younger ones, but they're aware of needs. And they pray like Paul and Epaphras. Lord, we, we pray that this dear one, would have the full knowledge of your will. And then Epaphras is struggling. Struggling in his prayers. On behalf. Of all these saints. That they would stand mature. And fully assured. In all the will of God. Only God himself in response to the prayers of the saints, can make all these dear saints, beginning from a newly saved one or a new one, all the way in the various stages of life, to be fully assured. Fully assured. And we can stand, what does it say? We can stand and be fully assured In all the will of God. We don't just say, oh, well, uh, watchman Lee said this, and I trust that, or Witness Lee said this, or some other person. Yes, they did. The Lord spoke to us, perhaps through them. But now I know personally, this is the will of God. This is the desire of God's heart. I'm being filled with the full knowledge of God's will, and now I know from Colossians what it is. It is Christ and the church to bring in the kingdom. The will of God for my life is that I experience and enjoy the all inclusive Christ and be constituted with Christ, who is my life. And there's a will of God that we all be built up together in the church. As the body of Christ. Mentioned in chapters 1 and 2. And the one new man. Mentioned in chapter 3. And in this one new man. Christ is all. And in all. And the goal of this. Even higher goal. Is that living. In, in the kingdom of the son of God's love. In the church life. We will become part. Of the dispensational instrument. To turn this age. To. Bring in the kingdom through our prayers. Then the Lord will respond. He will rapture the overcomers. Return with his army. Defeat the enemy. Abolish human government. And manifest his kingdom on the earth. We long for that manifestation. The Lord knows this. He wants to deepen the longing. But he doesn't just leave us with a longing. That is why, at least in this conference, we took a step to understand what it is to live in the reality of the kingdom of God. To learn to live here. And I'm so glad the Lord led us to have this message as the final. Because we're living in a marvelous realm. And here we are ruled by love, life, and light. What can I do now except to bless the Lord, to thank the Lord, to praise him, to thank and worship the Father for delivering us out of the authority of darkness, transferring us into the kingdom of the Son of God's love. Praise the sovereign God for sending the ministry, the minister of the age from China to this country. That we could be blessed actually to sit at his feet and hear the pure word ministered to us. That we too may have the vision of the reality of the kingdom. And now the way is open for us. And the Lord will take us on step by step. To live more and more in the reality of the kingdom, in the kingdom as the son of God's love, until we are mature, the body is built, the new man is manifested, and the bride makes herself ready, and then the Lord will come. This is the desire of his heart and the desire of our heart. I want to thank the Lord for the privilege of being with you, for the privilege of serving you with this word concerning the reality of the kingdom. May the Lord bless his word and may the Lord bless every one of you personally and all the churches corporately, constantly bless you in every way. At every time, in every situation, until we meet again in the glory of the manifestation of the kingdom of the Son of God's love. May the Lord bless you all. Amen.